Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. Today's episode is about a heartache that can happen at any age, and that is hurt within a friendship. As females, most of us tend to be very relationship-driven, and because we care so much about our relationship and crave these deep connections, facing a disappointment or rejection can rock our world, make us doubt ourselves, or bring out the worst in us. It can make us needy and clingy and anxious, all of which tend to push people away and set us up for more heartache and rejection. Disappointment is a part of life, and though our instinct is to try to force a friendship to go back to normal or to try to control the outcome, the better option is to do our part, be patient, and find peace and trust in God. Once again, the very wise Mary Lauren Burdishaw is joining me. So listen with your daughter or send this to your daughter or your son to listen on their time. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Mary Lauren. Um, we just had a good little chat about friendship, and I think we both have tons of ideas and thoughts on this subject. And so I'm really excited to dig into this. Um, I, I talk a lot about friendship on my social media. I've been talking a lot about it lately, but you know, the reason I do that is because I know it's such a point of pain and a real struggle for families today. Um, obviously, I know about it within the girl world because I'm raising daughters and I'm working with mothers and daughters, but I know that moms with sons are having the same issue and also that women are having the same issue. I, I actually had a few people this week ask if I would do some messages on friendship in your empty nester years because as moms, sometimes our friendships are based on the things that our kids are doing and the relationships we make. And while some of those relationships will last, you know, some of them don't. And so it's very, you know, easy for mom to go from having a very full social calendar to not really having anything to do because their child is no longer playing football or doing this sport or this activity that once bonded them to other moms. And now they've got to go make other friendships. So um, let's just talk about the state of friendships today. And we're just going to try to do some really uh, practical advice and just, you know, try to share what we have learned in our, our respective lives about what makes a friendship work, you know, what you can do, you know, if you're just trying to do your part. Um, we can't control anybody else. We can't control their actions or their words, but we can be faithful to who God is calling us to be, and we can be the friend that He's calling us to be. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, yeah, I mean, friendships, I would say having godly friendships are probably the number one most important thing to have in this life other than a relationship with God Himself. Um, but it, it can be really easy since friends are obviously a big part of our lives just to like put them on a pedestal, on the pedestal that only God is supposed to sit on. And, you know, that's why sometimes we get really hurt or really affected. Um, we forget that, like, everyone messes up. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all um, sometimes do things out of selfish ambition or say words that are hurtful. Um, and not that there's, you know, an excuse sometimes. That's always wrong. But just I think sometimes it can reveal our hearts um, in a in an impure place before the Lord. Like sometimes we put too much weight on our friendships. We have too much dependence and reliance on the state of our friendships, even more so than the state of our heart before the Lord. And that's never going to work out. Yeah. And it reminds me of how um, I have a friend and she said that when she was in college, she broke up with her boyfriend and mm -hmm. she was devastated. And she was talking to the campus priest who was a very wise man. We all loved him. But she was like, you know, he told me something I'll never forget. He told her, humans make terrible gods. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And I think mm-hmm. that so many of our, our issues and relationships is because we're making a God of a friend group or a boyfriend or mm-hmm. a girlfriend or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to disappoint us. That I have, a, I have a friend that tells her daughter, that her daughter used to tell her when she was a little, oh, mom, you're perfect. And her mom was like, do not put me on a pedestal because I will only disappoint you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's we can't put that expectation on anybody. Right. And um, and that's what I see happening a lot in today's society is that people expect perfection of their friends or they think this perfect friend or friend group exists and it doesn't. And right. so we're not giving each other that room to be human. Yes. And, and it's hard because you do you do have to have healthy friendships. You've got to set boundaries with people who are not good for you, who you yes. can't trust, who have betrayed you or you know who are mean, whatever it is. You know, you've got to surround yourself with good friends. But at the same time, you've got to give your friends, those real friends in your life, room to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. You've got to show them grace. You mm-hmm. know, you've got to, to do these things and also know that most relationships, really any relationship that lasts long enough, is going to have ups and downs. Right. A friend and I talked about this. She's like, I have there is not a long term relationship in my life that we have not gone through a season where I wondered if we would be friends. You know, like most friendships, if it's gonna last 30, 40, 50 years, there's going to be a time at least where you just wonder if it's going to, to stand the test of time. And I think in those moments, we just that, that those are the moments that really just take us back to God and help us find our security in Him mm-hmm. and just find peace in doing that we're doing the right thing um, and giving our friends room. Sometimes people are going through hard things that we don't even know anything about. They have a problem mm-hmm. that's causing them to react differently to us. There's a struggle they're going through. And so mm-hmm. um, I just think that it's important for us, I mean, it's just it just keeps going back to God, you know, finding our security and our strength there and knowing that our friendships can change. We're going to have those disappointments and rejections, but how we handle them mm-hmm. is really going to influence um, whether we have strong relationships in the future. Because if we do get needy and clingy or angry or just full of hate and rage and, you know, act on these knee-jerk reactions because we're upset over what somebody did to us, it's not going to help us build better relationships in the future. True. That's... I mean, you just summed it up right there. It's like I heard it said the other day, kind of just repeating what you just said in different words of like, if we're putting our hope in God's promises, like they're always going to underdeliver. But if we put our hope in the person that is God, like he'll deliver every single time. It just reminded me of that because that just proves that like, you know, even if because he does make promises to us, you know, that he has good, pleasing and perfect he has a good, pleasing, and perfect will that he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope in a future. Um, but it's like, and I do believe that's true, that he does have a place and a person to marry and community and good things in store for us. But if we're putting our, if we're holding out for those things, even if we get like the best version of them, like the best job, an amazing husband, an amazing friend group, they're still not going to deliver like the way only God himself can. Like, He's the faithful one, you know, and so it kind of just takes the pressure off, like, you know, not only our friendships, but on us just to, like, be the perfect friend, and we don't have to strive to, like, be this person that every single person is blessed by. It's just, you know, when we all are putting our hope in God, everything else is just, like, a cherry on top, you know? Right. It's so true. And, um, you know, and I think about, you know, especially I think the hardest, sometimes the hardest friendships to navigate are the friendships with your first child from a mom perspective. Mm -hmm. Because what I see that tends to happen is that like, you know, in elementary school, they make their friends. I feel like in elementary school, people can click with a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. And even with my friends, I could get together my friends or kids would always like click and play. But as your kids get older, they start to have their own interests and preferences. They don't just 
automatically have chemistry with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so what sometimes happens in friendships today is that, you know, you have friends with your, you have kids together at the same time with your friends and you're thinking, oh, they're going to be BFFs for life. Maybe they are when they're younger, um, but then they get older. And sometimes these kids that have been forced into these relationships, they change mm-hmm. and, you know, they start parting ways or start drifting apart. And as moms, it's really easy to panic Right. And try to control the situation. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, it was a high school counselor that was telling me once that she has worked with teenage girls for forever. And she said that one of the biggest issues that she sees is these girls who have a lot of drama that have really been forced into relationships because their moms were friends. And mm-hmm. she goes, on their own volition, I don't think they would have chosen each other. But mm-hmm. they were forced into it, and it worked when they were younger. But then they get older, and it doesn't work. Right. And so I think as moms, we've got to be so careful, you know, that – one, I just did a post on this. You know, we've got to keep our mom friendships separate from our children's friendships. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I'm friends with their best friend's mom and my, my daughter and her best friend have a tiff and then they drift apart, then, you know, that shouldn't affect my relationship with that mom unless right. something drastic has happened, unless something mm-hmm. big. But, you know, I've learned that even when your kids drift apart, you know, chances are they're going to come back together. If it's a real friendship, they're going to find each other again. And if you keep a good relationship, you don't have to be best friends, but if you just keep that door open, you think that, mm-hmm. you know, you never know what's going to happen down the road, then a lot of times those kids will find each other again. They'll come back to what is real. And you have not burned that bridge as a mom. Right. But, um, but you know, it sometimes happens. A friend of mine described this a good way. She said that, you know, she's like, I see in my community that a lot of moms just try to live in a state of preservation. Like they find those friendships they want their kids to have. They mm-hmm. feel very secure in that. Um, but then come middle school or late elementary school, they see the shift starting to change. Their child is left out or there's some rejection and they're panicking. And so they're planning trips or doing getting tickets to a concert. And they're just trying to, to force this group to stay together. Right. And, you know, I, I think what, what we forget, and I have been there, because there's a security in knowing that your, your children have good friends and we all want that. But mm-hmm. sometimes when we're trying to force a friend group to stay together, or force friends to stay together when maybe they're meant to, to drift apart for a yeah. while for different reasons, then what we're missing is we're missing that freedom that comes on the other side. Right. But, you know, to, we got to stop controlling and then just trust it to God. Yes. And sometimes it means your child is going through a lonely season. Yes. Um, it might mean that they're not getting invitations every weekend. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I say this when I give talks on friendships and to moms. I'm like, you know, I know very few people who make it through high school, even like the most popular kids, the kids you think have everything going for them, most of them have a lonely season. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lonely season in there. And sometimes you need that lonely season to get the reset that you need. Sometimes you need it because you've outgrown a friend group or they're making choices or, you know, have values that are different than yours. And it's really your protection mm-hmm. that, that these things are happening. Yes. And so I just think that there's so much freedom when you can do it from a faith standpoint and just know that don't put those friends on a pedestal. Like, Love your friends and be a great friend and, you know, try to create those friendships that will last 20, 30, 40 years. That's the goal. But just know that ultimately, you know, only God is our real hope. You know, Mm -hmm. only Jesus can give us that security we're looking for. And if we're strong in that relationship with him, then it allow us to hold those other relationships in our lives, um, not with with tight fists, but rather with open hands, that we're, we're okay with what's happening even when there are changes and fluctuations. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You just said so many good things. Just to speak to that state of preservation that so many people are after, which understandably so, because it does bring a lot of comfort and just confidence when, you know, your child or when the child has a secure friend group. But that's just, like, not really leaving God to, like, be who He is sometimes because He likes to do something new. You know, like, mm-hmm. sometimes God does something new, and 
um, it's it can be a hard thing to realize, but also a really beautiful thing when you just start seeing like he makes everything beautiful in its time. And sometimes, you know, he'll give you friendships for a certain season that weren't meant to like carry on to the next season. And it's not that it has it has to be like a burned bridge or like tension and strife that ends the friendship. It's just like, no, like those friends were just for that season. Like in high school, I loved my friends. Like it was sad saying bye to them. I was so excited for the newness that was to come in college. But I remember freshman year in college, um, some of my new friends would be like, oh, like my high school friends, like they're still trying to like have reunions and like hang out every weekend, which is sweet. Like that's sweet when you still remain close to your high school friends and a gift. But I remember being like them saying, do you, do you still hang out with your high school friends? And I would say, I mean, yeah, maybe I'll go on a walk or get coffee with them when I go home. But nothing horrible happened. It was just like we all went to different colleges and like had new friend groups. And it was a beautiful thing just to like step into those new friendships. So it's not that anything bad happened or that they were severed. It's just that like, you know, those friendships were beautiful in the season that they were in. And then the Lord had new ones in college. And I've even made new friends post-grad that I'm like, I cannot imagine my life without. And I didn't even know them three months ago. And I probably wouldn't even be as close to some of them if some of my college friends were still in Birmingham and like hanging out with me every night. So I think it's really amazing to just start seeing it's a gift from God when He creates space for like new friendships and new gifts to come, even when you're really disappointed at like, friendships ending um but he does make everything beautiful in its time and I think you know when your friends disappoint you or let you down not that not that we should excuse you know when someone hurts you intentionally but I do think that sometimes we take a lot of things personal (laughs) that do not need to be taken personal like we forget like when we mess up we expect people to understand like oh well they just were tired or you know they're busy or distracted or going through something but when other people offend us it's like we're so slow to show grace and just to assume the best about them like they're people maybe they're having another hard thing going on and you know they don't realize the way they're sounding or i don't know i just think it's to be quick to show grace to the people around us and you brought up a verse in my head um Romans twelve eighteen that says, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. Like we can't control other people's responses or reactions or the way that, you know, they handle certain situations. But, you know, the Bible says, like, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. And there's such a freedom that comes, you know, when we're like falling asleep at night going, ha, huh. like even if someone's acting out, you know, we can have peace knowing that as far as it depended on us, we s- remained in peace with the people around us. Yes, and I um, I always say that. I had it in in Liked Book, but I talk about it sometimes when I give talks to teen girls. I say, you know, at the end of the day, when you're falling asleep at night, it is quiet and dark, and it is just you and God talking. You Mm -hmm. know, and you're rehashing your day, and you're thinking about, I'm glad I did that. I wish I had not done that. wish I had not acted on that instinct. But I truly believe it's only two questions that really matter. And one is, am I pleasing God? Mm-hmm. And then two, do I like who I'm becoming? Yes. And I think when we are wise with how we handle rejections and disappointments in our friendships, it helps us stay at peace with ourselves. Yes. Because if we're not wise in those moments, then we're going to have that inner tension. We're mm-hmm. going to stay mad. We're going to hold grudges. And it's going to eat us alive. And it's going to make us the kind of people that we don't want to be. Right. It's not going to bring out our best. And you brought a great point up, too. And, and recently, I was listening to an Andy Stanley podcast. And I love his podcast. They're very practical. 
I think his tagline is, make better choices and live with fewer regrets. Hmm. And he was talking about when relationships break, when something needs to be fixed. He's like, yes, you know, God can restore anything. But he said, you can't make restoration your goal because restoration depends on two people. And you can't force somebody to restore that relationship with you. Right. You can only do your part. So he said, make it your goal to have no regrets. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that puts the ball in your court. Like, I can't control what they're doing. They made a terrible choice. They hurt me, you know, whatever. You can't control that, but you can do the right thing on your part. Mm-hmm. And um, and I shared this story earlier, too, that, you know, one thing that comes to mind when I look back on my life, when I, um, I went from a private Catholic school in seventh grade to a public school in eighth grade. So it was, like, totally different, kind of a culture shock. It was very different than what I was used to. But mm-hmm. I made this friend early on. We were inseparable. You know, we had kind of a friend group. We did a ton together. And we were very close that first semester. And then second semester came, and... She started dating a guy, and he was in a different friend group. And anyway, we just drifted apart. And there wasn't any bad blood. It was just changes came, and so we just parted ways. And we ended up, we we were cheerleaders together, so we were still interacting, but we were not, like, great friends. We weren't doing things together on the weekend. But it was nothing bad between us. But, you know, when I look back on high school, my number one memory of her is not that drifting apart that happened when we were in eighth grade. My my number one memory of her was that two years later when we were in tenth grade, I was um, in a car with some friends one night, and we'd been driving around and having fun, and they they dropped me off probably around 11 o'clock, and they were taking my friend home, and in that car ride home, um, there was a car accident, and one of our best friends died that night, Mm. and um, it was one of my best guy friends, and it was devastating. And I remember getting um, my sister waking me up in the middle of the night, telling me that somebody just called and told me that he had, he had died in a car accident. And I was so confused because I was like, wait a minute, I was just with him like two hours ago. And um, anyway, it was just, it was, it was a tragedy. But, you know, as I, I, I asked her who called and she told me it was this friend's name, I was so shocked. And I remember thinking I was kind of hurt because none of my best friends called me. I was like, why did none of my best friends call me? This happened several hours ago. And yet this friend, this girl that had been a friend and wasn't one of my, in my innermost circle at the time, she had been the one to think of me during that time because mm-hmm. she knew that we were close. So that week when I told her, and I thanked her for doing that, she was like, well, I knew you, you wanted to know because he was one of your best friends. And so I think about, like, I feel like that's how we're meant to live. Like, even if we do part ways with a friend, you know, instead of letting there be bad blood or anger or whatever there is, like, you know, be that person that you would still be a friend to them in a moment like that, that you would still think about them even if they're not a part of your daily life anymore. Right. And like I said, when I look back on high school, like I don't remember any why we drifted apart. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any disagreements that there might have been, but mm-hmm. I do remember what she did for me when I needed it most. Yes, and uh, that's such a cool story. And it reminds me of something we've talked about before, of how like sometimes God recircles people in our lives. I feel like it's so easy to get in the mindset of like, well, I'll never see her again or even sometimes with guys going, well, I'll never see him again. But it's really funny how the Lord will like recircle people just to show us that like he sees everything and like everything hidden will be disclosed and you reap what you sow. Like when you sow um, in just bitterness and responding the wrong way, like you kind of reap that later on in life. And it's not just with friendships. It's like, like I have a friend who dated this guy and while she was dating him, she would say like, we're just having fun. It's not that big of a deal. But she ended up getting pretty invested into this guy. And, you know, it ended up not being a good relationship. It was pretty toxic and they broke up. 
but it was crazy. She was getting married um, this past year, and that guy ended up being a groomsman in her mm-hmm. wedding. <laughs> and I just it's remember worst nightmare. And this girl, I mean, she's incredible. She had like a huge heart change after that relationship, and <laughs> the Lord's totally worked in her life. But it was almost funny. But it really was. It was funny because she was so secure, and like she made it into a joke. But it really wasn't funny because it's like this guy was like standing by her side on her wedding day mm-hmm. and she's like I wish she's like if I had one message to preach to the world it would be God recircles people like yeah. that oh. you never would think it's so true I tell my daughters that all the time mm-hmm. I'm like if possible do not burn bridges yeah I'm like you don't have to be best friends with everybody and you have to know because I'm like right. some people are not trustworthy some people you can love up close and personal yes because they're trustworthy some people you love at an arm's distance like you're not telling them your secrets right but you're friendly you're cordial you stay with those topical topics but you know but just don't burn bridges because they will come back into your life you know even your it might be your best friend's ex-boyfriend that you Mm -hmm. know if you go hating on him and doing things that you might later regret you know 20 years down the road 30 years down the road it's very likely you'll be at a PTA meeting and you'll look back and you'll see him standing there with his child and that you have a child in the same class. And then your friend, your kids become friends and your lives get intertwined again. And so, again, I think it goes back to trying to live with no regrets, right. like trying to live with if somebody does recircle back into your life, that you right. can be okay with how you ended it. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they didn't make the best decision on their part, but you can be okay with what you did. Right. And it was, even this morning, I was getting coffee with a high school girl and she was like, I'm just trying to discern, like, you know, it, like in terms of getting hurt by your friends. She's like, like, what's the difference between showing grace and then like realizing they're just not a trustworthy friend? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's honestly a really wise question for you to ask because, like, we will always show grace. Like, you know, we'll never have to forgive someone or cover someone more than we've been forgiven and covered by the blood of Jesus, but. There's a time that comes when you need to set boundaries with people. I mean, and this is not, this is, I mean, Jesus set boundaries. Like, we're all going to have to set boundaries. If we were, you know, trusting every person we came across, telling everyone our deepest secrets and sin struggles, that would just be the most unhealthy, dysfunctional way to live. So it's cool that, like, the Lord designed us to, like, really go a few, really, to really go deep with a few, but to live it as far as it depends on you to live at peace with everyone. Right. Oh, I think that's a great point. And I do think and I do think that Christians can think that boundaries are a bad thing or that you're not being loving if you set up boundaries with somebody, but mm-hmm. but it's really not because you've got to, you know, God I love this this part from the book Boundaries. It's like the best book. If anybody's not read it, I highly recommend reading it. But it's written from a Christian perspective. And what stood out to me is at the beginning of the book, they point out how God gives you your life your body, and your time as gifts. Mm. And it's your responsibility to be a good steward of your gifts. And so if you feel that God is calling you to do this, be this person, to, to live, the, live out this mission, and there's somebody in your life who's undermining that or who's keeping you from being mm-hmm. that version of yourself who God wants you to be, they're bringing out the worst in you or they're, they're wanting to know your secrets, but then they're using those secrets against you. You know, like you've got to set up boundaries with them or you're just going to be stuck in a place where you can never live your best, be your best self, that you'll never be the person that God wants you to be. Right. And you can still love them. Like I yes. said, you're not hateful. You're not talking ugly about them, 
but you just realize that you're not in a place where you can have a relationship with them. Right. And you can pray for them and ask God that, you know, we have too much water under the bridge for me to be close with them right now, but mm-hmm. please bring somebody into their life who doesn't have this baggage with them. Right. That it's, can be that influence that they need and help me mm-hmm. maybe impact them by the way I'm living my life and what they're seeing from afar, that maybe they will want to make some changes and restore that relationship. And I think that's important to say it's it's never worth it when a friendship makes you jeopardize your connection with the Lord or the calling he has for you. It's never worth it. Like, and sometimes that's a hard thing to realize that, you know, because friends do sometimes bring us confidence and we feel secure if we're in a certain friend group. But if we're, if we have friendships that cut and that take away and that distract or like tear down, like who we are in the Lord and the gifts he's given us, it like run, like it is never worth it to have friendships like that. And I don't mean to sound insensitive because I've lived this. I mean, I had a, my best, best friend from elementary school. I went to a tiny Christian school growing up. I mean, she was like, we were joined at the hip. I mean, just, she was such a big part of my life. Um, and I remember we ended up, when we both left that small Christian school, I went to a public school and then she went to a different public school. And I just immediately like loved my new friends. And she was kind of struggling with loneliness and had a harder time. And I would just still try to hang out with her, but you could tell right off the bat that she was choosing to make decisions that were not honoring the Lord. And um, anyway, I just, I remember having such a guilt though. And I would tell my mom, I'm like, mom, I need to be a good friend to this person. Like I need to hang out with her. I need to. And so for a while I tried to keep that up. And then I remember even when we started driving, I would go drive to see her and try to talk to her. But I mean, I would leave crying because I would try to bring up, you know, the Lord and like, it, it was just, it was like, it was hitting a brick wall and it was discouraging me. Like it, it was, not only was, did it seem unfruitful, it, it was really discouraging me and I would feel so just disappointed. And my mom ended up telling me, she's like, Mary Lauren, this is, it's okay. Like, we're going to pray for that friend. We're going to pray for her right now. And we did pray for her and I still pray for her. And actually it's a really cool story. We reconnected this past Sunday and she's started coming to church and she's doing better. So that's a cool story. But in the moment, my mom was like, the most loving thing you could do for this friend is to set up boundaries with her, you know, because if she's draining you or like taking away from, you know, your connection with the Lord, then, you know, you need, you need to let her go for a season and just love her from afar. Right. And sometimes, you know, if you really want that person to thrive, you know that there's if there's a heart issue that's that's keeping her from being her best self, yes. she might have to lose her friends to finally turn to God and mm-hmm. to finally feel convicted that maybe I'm doing something wrong, mm-hmm. that it really is loving if you're setting up those boundaries that this is going to help you have the relationships that you want because mm-hmm. you can't you know, treat people that way and make them feel like they want to cry when they leave right. and expect to have good friends. Like that, that kind of dynamic will only get worse and more toxic over time. Yes. And we have a hard time understanding that, but... Mm-hmm. And something we can do is like pray for the friends who disappoint you. Like when a friend hurts you or lets you down, I know it sounds cliche and like, oh my gosh, that's the last thing I want to do. But it, a crazy thing happens when you pray for the people who let you down. It's like, I don't know, just there have been times where God just like gives you favor with that person and, you know, changes their heart while you're praying for them. Like sometimes you'll actually answer your prayer. But other time he'll he'll change your heart when you're praying for them and you'll just see them in a new way. And instead of just feeling constantly hurt and on the defense, it's like your heart will go out to them, you know? And 
it's just amazing what happens when you pray for those, not not just the ones who love you and to bless you, but the ones who hurt you and the ones who really let you down. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I know. And I have a friend that she um, was having a hard time. I can't remember if I've shared this story, but it was her, it was her ex-husband's new wife. And she was just really hateful toward her and her children and kind of trying to turn her children against her. And one of those situations where it's very easy to get angry. And um, she was telling a woman at church about it. And the woman was like, what are you praying for? And she was like, of course I'm not praying for her. She's Mm -hmm. awful. Why would I pray for this woman? And the woman at church said, if you're not praying for her, who will? And I love that because it's so true that, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the people that hurt us the most that they might not be getting the prayers. that. Mm -hmm. And if you can pray for them, that sometimes God will open your eyes and help you see things that does soften your heart toward them. And just make you like think, okay, well, one day we might be able to have a relationship again. And right. right now is not the time. You know, one thing I also t- tell girls a lot when I'm talking to them is that, you know, you'll never be your best self when you're surrounded by the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just a big believer, especially for your your innermost circle of friends. Like nobody has a time to invest in 50 best friendships. Like right. none of us have that time. And so you got to be really wise with who are, who are the people that you're investing in first. Like you want your closest relationships to be encouragers to be uplifting people, you've got to be getting love from somewhere. And it's only as you feel loved by your real life friends that then you are then equipped to all go turn around and go love everyone else, even the hard to love people who need it, who need that light and that influence in their life. And so when you think about it that way, that, you know, you've got to have your innermost circle is really important, that Mm -hmm. you've got to have people who are building you up, who are helping you in your faith, who are helping you become the best version of yourself and who most importantly make you feel loved. Because if you don't have love in your heart, if you're not getting it, you cannot give it to anybody else. And and I think that, um, you know, and even I had a, a conversation years ago with a friend, and she was going through a hard time. She had um, uh, had, had a, just a traumatic experience with her ex-husband, and some things had happened, and she was angry, and she had reason to be angry, and she was really upset one night, and so I went over there, and um and I had not done anything, but I felt so attacked. <laughs> like she was taking out her anger on me. She was angry at him, but she was so angry. It was just spilling out just the way that she was talking to me and telling me the story that I was just like thinking, oh, God, get me out of here. <laughs> like I can't mm. handle this. And when I when I left, I mean, I was trying to be a good friend, but when I left, I was like, I felt so beaten up. You know, I'm like, I can't do that. Like I cannot go be her punching bag, you know, the place where she's putting her anger. And you know, and I even, you know, prayed about it. And a couple of weeks later, when we talked again, I just told her, you know, you've got to, you have every reason to be angry and bitter and all of that. But I was like, you know, you know, this anger and the bitterness is going to hurt you more than this event of what he actually did, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't work through it. Mm-hmm. And she did. She did a beautiful job working through it. I don't know if it was from what I told her, but I think some other people might have said the same thing. And mm-hmm. she now handles the situation beautifully. But I think that's just an example of like, you know, sometimes we have those lonely seasons. We have those disappointments in our friendships because somebody's going through a hard time. And, right. um, you know, sometimes they're they're taking out their, their anger or their bitterness on people and, and friends will leave. You know, your good friends are going to leave mm-hmm. if you're doing that, which is why it's so important for us to go work these things out with God. Right. And to try to get our heart in that place where we are not living with that, that rage and bitterness and anger. And it's so hard, yeah. you know, the older you get, especially because you go through these these um, life events where you have every reason to be to be mad and upset, right. but it really hurts us in those relationships in our lives. Right. And one thing I'm thinking about is like, we can't always control who we're surrounded by, you know, like you can't help it if you're put in the classroom with these people or, or on a team surrounded by those people. 
And sometimes it's easy to feel like the victim of like, well, I just, there's no one around. And I think it takes like an increased level of faith, realizing God places us in the boundaries of our land and the timing that he does is how Acts 17 puts it for a reason, you know, so that we can, yes, so we can thrive and play and enjoy our lives. But Acts 17 says so that we can reach out and find him, that he's not far from any one of us because it's in him that we live and move and have our being. So I think it's realizing even if there's not one person that you want to be like on your team or you can't seem to find one person in your class that seems to be a life-giving friend that points you to the Lord, um, just realizing that, all right, maybe God wants to mature your your heart for Him, first of all. Like when I look back on my lonely seasons, those were the most fruitful times of like growing in my relationship with God and like really reaching out and finding him because I didn't have anything else, you know, in those seasons. But also it really, you can be that friend, you know, that, that only says positive things that benefit other, that build other people up and that glorify God, that glorifies God. Um, you can be the friend who makes good decisions and instead of feeling like a victim to everything around you, because it's like what you said, like when we feel that bitterness and we feel that anger towards people, in a weird way, it's like we're trying to punish them for like mistreating us or like for hurting us. But that only hurts you. You know, it's like, I mean, I feel like we've all heard one of those quotes of like, unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person burns. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've heard it. I've heard it put similarly. And um, that resentment or holding grudges is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt you more than it hurts them. Right. Yeah. It's so true. And I, I just think that, I don't know, everything, the older I get, the more it all just points back to faith. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I just, you know, God Same. is the only constant. And if I'm putting my faith in there and my trust in him and know that he's going to take care of things and he's going to carry me through mm-hmm. lonely seasons. And if you are faithful, I do believe there's a reward on the other side. Right. You know, and I, I truly believe that. And, Harry and I talk about this all the time because I get so many emails about heartaches and disappointments and friendship and how lonely so many girls today are. And I'm like, I just don't understand it because why don't they, if so many people are lonely, why are they not finding each other? Right. Like if there's, if everybody in this room is feeling lonely, then Mm -hmm. why are you not looking around and finding that that same person who's lonely too, that's really wanting a friend? Like Mm -hmm. where's that disconnect? And I don't know. I don't know if it's just if we, we assume that everybody else has, you know, this, a full social calendar and mm-hmm. we assume they're not lonely like we are. But I don't know. They say that, you know, you, it's possible to be in a friend group. It's possible to be in a room full of people and still feel lonely. So, right. you know, I think friendship alone is not the only goal because you can be friends with a lot of people. You can be friends with somebody because they're fun to take a trip with right. or you have um, you both play softball together or you have something in common. Mm-hmm. But the best friendships are going to be more of that, that shared values and more yes. of that, that sisterhood. It's going to be something deeper mm-hmm. that you really have in common. Right. And I just realized, I mean, in college, I was, I'm so thankful just for the way it was at Auburn for me. It was like waking up with six girls that love the Lord that are like, what are you doing today? How can I pray for you? What do you have going on this week? And then just Bible studies like weaved into our weeks. Like we just knew we were going to 6 a.m. Bible study on Tuesday. We just knew we were going to Thursday night college ministry like at our church. We just knew we had all these things worked into our schedule to where I didn't even realize how healthy and life-giving of a rhythm that was. Like, I always had someone praying for me. I always, someone always knew where my heart was at um, because I had people that I could trust and then people trusted me. And then post-grad, you know, it's been funny. I'm I'm learning so much. I've never felt 
I've loved everything about this season, and I've never felt more in God's will for my life. I love what I'm doing. I feel like I'm really using giftings and walking in a grace that He's given me right now. But it's like I'm living at home with my brothers and parents who I love. I mean, it's chaos, but I love it. And I'm working with high school girls like every single day. And I'm surrounded by people all the time. But in a weird way, it's like I kind of noticed a lonely feeling kind of popped up being like, okay, even though I'm surrounded by all these people, it's like I need to make time for like the people that like really know me, like my friendships that we go deep and we pray for each other because that's just a different level of that's just a different level of community when you have your people and just it was affirming realizing okay I just need to like be more intentional and I have and it's already been amazing but you you realize when life gets busy and you know my friends here are engaged or in law school or in speech past school or med school and everyone has the busy rhythms and patterns of their lives but it's like we all kind of had a moment uh, a month ago around that time when we were like we miss each other like so I don't know it just we're always gonna have to be intentional you're never gonna get to a point where you don't have to like put an effort with friendship it's like until we die we're gonna need to like reach out and um just have those close close friends that really know you and pray for you oh that's so true and I've even told Ella that because she loves Auburn so much and she's got awesome friends Mm -hmm. and she always has people to do things with and I'm like just enjoy this I was like never again in your life are you going to be in a bubble with mm-hmm. people that are all your age and you all have some free time where you can go grab coffee or go on a walk or do whatever. Like it's such a gift. And the way that I see that season for you is that you saw what's possible in friendship. You know, you saw that this kind of community is possible. So now God has equipped all of you girls, all six of you to mm-hmm. go out into your respective world where whatever you're doing now and go show that to other people, go teach other girls how to do that and how to be that kind of friend to other mm-hmm. people because it sounds so basic, but I'm like, that's the missing link is that a lot of people don't know how to create a, re- a community like that. And they don't know that friendships like that exist. Mm-hmm. And I, I talked to a lot of people, they're like, my friends have always been snarky and mean and kind of you know short with each other. And they just think that's normal. They think that's how French, friends treat each other. And so sometimes it takes seeing somebody do it differently that you're like, wow, well, that's the kind of friendship that I want. Maybe, you know, maybe we ha- didn't have it right after all, that those are the friendships that are really going to be healthy for me and help me become the person I'm meant to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and it all starts, you've said it, I feel like we keep coming back to this, it all starts with putting your faith in God, you know, because He's the one who works everything out for your good, you know, like even the lonely seasons, even the hard friendships, even the disappointments, only He can work out every single thing, mistake, you know, disappointment for your good, you know, like no person's going to do that for you. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit too about, so if a girl is going through a lonely season or mm-hmm. has had a re- rejection or a heartache, like what are some practical things that her mom can do that can be helpful or that the girl can do just to get through that season? And, you know, I tell moms too that it, even when my girls have gone through a lonely season or some kind of rejection, like I hate it. Obviously, I do not ever like to see them upset or sad, but I've seen enough of God's work in my life and their lives by now that I just, I just learned to trust him. And mm-hmm. Sometimes I just try to thank him in advance. I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust you with this, God. And just please, if we're faithful, just, you know, just re, just reward them, you know, just bring those friendships into their life that they're meant to have. And if this helps grow their faith in you and helps take those other friendships or whatever it is off the pedestal and put mm-hmm. you there instead, then I can't, 
I can't hate this moment because it's it's for their long-term good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is it is a way to give us that reset, to take those idols out of our life, to put God there first, mm-hmm. to find your confidence in God that, that's not going to change overnight, to mm-hmm. find your strength there, and then go out and try to make friends. Because I think when you have people who are secure through God and are feeling that love from Him, then they are equipped to go take that love that they've received from the from their Creator and go pass it on to other people. 100%. And it's love that you can give without strings attached. Yes. You're doing it without motive. Yes. I can bring you hot chocolate on your birthday because mm-hmm. I love you, but I'm not going to get upset if you forget to bring me hot chocolate on my birthday because it's not like I have a hidden motive in doing it. You're just loving people the way that God loves you. Yes. And I think when you have friends here like that, that are givers and they're just kind-hearted and they're both doing things for each other, depending on who has more energy at the time or mm-hmm. more capacity at the time, and you're not keeping score, mm-hmm. then that's when something really beautiful can be started. And you're not looking inwardly. Like, you're you're focused on other people, you know, and you can't do that. That's so otherworldly to, like, genuinely focus on other people and to genuinely want the best for them. Um, and that unconditional love with no strings attached, the only one who does that perfectly is Jesus. So if we know Him, it'll just kind of feel more natural. So... I would say, like, you know, that's the obvious, most important thing to do is just, like, seek the Lord, you know, like, and bring these disappointments and the places where we're unsatisfied or let down, just, like, being bold enough to actually surrender those to the Lord. Because I think a lot of people have this perception that they can only come to God when they have things together and when um, when they already feel like they trust Him or they feel like they have faith in Him. But it honestly takes more faith to be like, okay, God, like you say you're good and all you do is good. This in my life doesn't feel good or it doesn't doesn't look good. Like it's just so simple surrendering everything to the Lord. But I've just realized he loves, he just loves, like he's close to the brokenhearted. You know, he binds up our wounds and he loves it when his people just approach him like with confidence, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he helps us find grace to help us in our time of need. So I would say just being honest with the Lord about how we're feeling, like bringing those things to him. Um, and then something that always helped me growing up was having my mom who she, no one's perfect, but it was amazing. Just like if I was disappointed about something, I would go to her and she just, she didn't seem worried, you know, like she would empathize with me. She'd be like, wow, like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's hard. But just her confidence of like, okay, but this is temporary. And like, God is eternal. And like, he's doing something new. Like he's working this out for your good. He's doing something you can't see. She was so quick to remind me of that truth that it really, really helped, you know, and she sowed seeds into me that I feel like I reaped throughout high school and college, you know, just being like, all right, nothing, nothing is eternal. Like everything is temporary except the Lord, you know, and he has good things in store for me. Like this is not the pain you experience in the moment doesn't compare to like the good that's coming. Exactly. And and I have noticed too that, and I'm generally speaking, but a lot of girls who I see who seem to handle disappointment and rejection well, tend to have mothers who also handle it well. Yes. Like I just, that's one area I have really seen that connection. Like I've got one friend in mind I can think of and her daughter, she, her daughter was a year older than my oldest one. So I was always going to her for advice and guidance. And, and I remember her talking about, it, I think it was eighth grade and her daughter had not gotten invited to a party. And there'd been a few parties that, you know, she was like, mom, you know, kind of panicking a little bit. She's like, it's okay. You know, you're not going to be invited to everything, but you know, you can't, you can't go at everything. It's impossible to make every party you're invited to, but for every rejection 
or for every invitation that doesn't come, you know, there's another invitation around the corner. Mm. And, you know, she just kind of had that, she empathized and she was there for her daughter, but she didn't get overly worked up over it. Right. And I think especially with your first child, it's really easy to go there and it's easy to panic and think, oh, they're never going to have friends. They're Mm -hmm. never going to have a college roommate and just project into the future. And again, that, that's trying to live in that state of preservation. And in that state, we're going to try to control, we're going to try to manipulate, we're going to let our anxious thoughts take over. And rather than just trusting God and finding freedom on the other side and allowing those right. new things to happen. And you know, most people, I think even adults, if you ask them, looking back on a lonely season in their life, that how they got through it. I mean, I think most people say that there was some saving grace in that time. And it might have been just one thing in their life that was really good. But it might be, you know what, you know, that lonely season in my friendship, it made me finally go do this Bible study. Or it made me go to a young life group. And I met, I became friends with a leader. I met some new friends there. Mm -hmm. Or my mom and I got to be really, really close because I was home every weekend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got to be really, really strong in our relationship. So I think there's always a silver lining. And as we find that, even in those lonely seasons, and we can thank God for that, um, knowing that more blessings will come, but he's going to take care of us and give us what we need in that moment, it helps us get through those hard times. And I always tell moms too, you know, if your child is going through a lonely season, then show them extra love. Like that is the time to bring in the troops. I think grandparents are one of the most underutilized resources on this planet. Um, Mary Lauren, I was telling you earlier that some of the most confident kids I know are the kids in the Greek church, um, just the Greek community. And I think it's the way that they do life together as families, just Mm -hmm. intergenerational relationships. I mean, those the grandkids and their yayas and their papus, they are all so close and they might get together, you know, every Sunday. And even Harry growing up, he said that, you know, every Sunday they would drive from Gadsden to Birmingham it was an hour each way, have like a two hour church service and then spend the whole afternoon at their uncle's house. And so they're tight. And so I think what I'm seeing with a lot of kids today is they're rejected or, you know, kids can be mean. You know, it's just a mean culture that we're raising kids in. There's a lot of heartache and hurt out there. But I truly believe that we can get through these heartaches and hurts if we've got a strong support system, you know, if we've got strong relationships in place, and if we've created a strong family unit. And so for parents, I'm like, try to create that environment at home. And I know some people listening might be single moms, or they don't have grandparents, or they don't have these resources. So I'm like, get creative. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you just want to create a loving home. Um, It's just a place where your child does feel secure. Mm -hmm. But like I said, some of these kids that I see that are so confident, you know, they've got such a strong family network that like even if there's disappointment in their friend groups, they're getting love in another area of their life. Mm -hmm. And they have that security of that strong family unit. And I feel like that's where I see the devil really working. It's undermining families, Mm -hmm. undermining marriages, Mm -hmm. undermining relationships between between parents and teenagers. Like, you know, really destroy those things. And then these kids are struggling and they don't have that family foundation or that strong home foundation. Mm -hmm. So as moms, you know, God works with all of our circumstances, whether we're working or staying at home, whether we're married or single, but just Mm -hmm. praying about that and say, okay, God, my child needs extra love. Give me some ideas, you know, who should I call? And it might be, you come somebody comes to mind is the youth pastor at church or you know their dance instructor who has always loved your child and taken a special interest in them might be reaching out and saying hey would you take them to coffee or take them to get yogurt just something to get your child out of their rut and to help them feel loved and to know that there's nothing wrong with them that they are loved and that God has a plan for them and when they need somebody speaking life to them you know they have somebody that's not their mom that is not you know obligated to do it somebody that outside the family to give them that love and support Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It's so cool. And it's crazy how much I think back to my mom and think back to my dad. And those seasons just, it's like everything they said was true. And I think we forget more than someone needs good friends, more than someone needs, you know, a perfect family. Like they need to know who God is. And so just any reminder of who he is, is such a blessing because he's the only person who doesn't change, you know, seasons come and go, but like he remains forever. And I think those are, those are the, that's what you cling on to when life gets hard, when life disappoints you, like knowing that God is good, knowing that he is your shepherd, that he is your friend, that he's your wonderful counselor, that he's a safe place. I think just having people that remind you of who God is, like that will never be wasted. Yes, exactly. And another thing that we talked about covering um, before we end here is just also, you know, when you find those friends, when you find those those good friends in your life, the real friends in your life, it's just not being stingy with them. You know, mm-hmm. I think true friendship, when you really love somebody, you want other people to know how awesome they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to just keep them to yourself. And that's a sign of a true friendship. And even when I was younger, I, I always seemed to be like introducing friends to each other. And, and I loved it. But then sometimes you'd see those two friends doing things without you. And that's when it's easy to, to be like, oh, she's going to like her better than me and get competitive in your friendships. And I think it's little dramas like that that really can undermine strong relationships. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that, you know, a true friend, you when you love your friend, you want other people to know how awesome they are, too. Mm-hmm. And you want to share them. You want, And, it, and it, it's rewarding to see other people discovering what you've seen all along. Mm-hmm. And um, an example that comes to mind was my best friend, Greta, since she was my best friend since eighth grade. And um, she came to a speaking event I had several years ago, and afterward, these these moms that have been longtime readers of mine came, and and they were talking to me, and I introduced them to Greta, and we just all started talking, and and she ended up just like holding court, like she was hilarious. They were just dying laughing because Greta was so funny, and she was just on that day, and I had it made me so happy just to sit back and watch them appreciate my friend, and to see in her what I've known since eighth grade, which is why we've been friends for so long. And I thought, you know, when I was younger, if this happened when I was younger, I might have been jealous that, mm-hmm. oh, they're taking more to her than they are to me, you know. But because I love my friend and I'm in a more of a mature place at this point, I can appreciate her and be that kind of friend that I'm like, I'm not scared to share her with other people because I want them to know her. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, as we kind of take these mentalities out into the world, we're going to find those friends who are uplifting and who are speaking life and who Mm -hmm. are, you know, willing to share us with other people too. Yeah. And if you find someone like that, who genuinely wants the best for you, sometimes it's like hard to tell at first, but you'll know, like you'll know pretty, pretty soon is that like whether or not someone's genuinely after your best. Um, and yeah, those are the friends that are set apart and that should remain in your life for a long time. Cause I have stories like that too, where, I introduced someone to someone and now they're living together like post-grad and like best (laughs) friends. And I'm like, wow. And it is rewarding. Um, And another story that comes to mind is one of my best friends in college was dating a guy who actually played football at Clemson. And there was a big football formal coming up. um, So I went with one of his friends. So while I was there, I met some girls. um, And it's funny, like we still keep up to the point that I'm actually going to one of their weddings this upcoming spring. And my friend who introduced me to her didn't even get invited, you know, and, like, <laughs> and she like laughs about it. She thinks it's so funny. I mean, these girls like came to stay with me like in Auburn and my, the friend that introduced me to them wasn't even there. It's just, it's funny how she's the one who connected me to these people. And now like those are friendships that I think will last forever. And so it's just when you start seeing other people's gains, it's like, 
not your loss, you know? Yes. Another person's friendship is not an absence of your own. Or like when someone, when something works out for someone else, it shouldn't be your loss, you know? And I think that's a sign of spiritual maturity when you realize you genuinely just want the best for everyone. Yes. And I think that's only possible when we, when we can do what we talked about earlier, not putting friends on a pedestal, putting yes. God there instead. Yes. And just having that, you know, God, we just want to show your love to others. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that if, if we're if we're showing his love to others, then he's going to bring the right people into our life and people will be drawn to that. Maybe not everyone, mm-hmm. but the people that are meant to be in our life. It's a simple promise. But Matthew six thirty three, when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. I just think that promise holds true for so many things, but especially friends being like, okay, if I'm going to seek God first in His kingdom, He will add whatever I need to keep doing that, the people, the place, the opportunity. Yes. Well, I think we're close to wrapping up here, and I think I'm just going to end with a prayer too, and if you want to add on a little bit afterward. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want to say to anybody who's listening that if you've listened this entire time, then I know that friendship is important to you. Mm -hmm. I know that this might be a pain point in your life. We all have some heartaches and hurts in our friendships, and it's easy to write friendship off when we do have bad experiences or or to think that all girls are mean or all women are mean because we've, we've met some bad seeds in our life. But I just encourage you just to just keep your faith in humanity and, you know, just keep your faith in God and just know that, you know, if you're worshiping him and putting him on that pedestal and and praying for him to bring good people into your life, that he answers prayers. It might not be in our timing, but he does. And he rewards faithfulness at some point, maybe not immediately, but at some point. So just um, keep the faith and keep doing what you're doing. And I think if your heart is in that place of wanting friendship, then, then you can find it. And you will find it and find like-hearted moms and girls. Okay, so let me pray for us. Dear Lord, I praise you for the, the women and the girls who are listening. I just ask that you bless them in their friendships. God, just open their eyes and their hearts to see the friends that you have picked out for them, the friends that will help them become the, the women and the girls that you created them to be. And God, we just ask that you are close to the brokenhearted, that when there is a pain or disappointment or rejection, that that you can still fill our listeners with that that supernatural peace and that knowledge and that wisdom that you are there and that you are present and that you will bring good things in due time. We ask that you bless our listeners with, with strong friendships that have the potential to go the distance. We ask that you help them become the friends they're meant to be and to bring the right friends into their life. Mm-hmm. And Lord, to the girl who feels lonely and unseen, Lord, I pray that you would help her to feel seen. And to the girl who's like looking for a college roommate, Lord, I pray that you would provide. And to the person who, you know, might be feeling convicted right now, realizing that they haven't been the best friend, pray, Lord, that you would just speak to her heart right now, Father, and just um, thank you in advance, Father, for the friendships you're going to provide and for the opportunities you're going to give them, Lord, to meet more people. But more than all of that, Lord, that um, you're going to show them more of you, Father, because that's all anyone needs, just a clearer picture of who you are and a deeper friendship with you, Father. So we just thank you so much, Father, just for your heart that you just want to bless, you want to give, you want to provide. Um, You love to satisfy your kids. And so I pray, Lord, that you would just lead each person in just submitting everything to you, Father, even the disappointments, even the places where they feel offended or hurt or misunderstood. We just submit all of those things to you, Lord, and we invite you to come rush in, Lord, and just bring the counsel, the wisdom, the healing, the peace, and the the restoration and the redemption that only you can bring, Father. Because at the end of the day, all everyone needs is more of you, Lord. So we just pray for you to increase. 
and us to decrease. And we just invite you to come and work every single thing out for these girls and moms and dads and sons. Good Lord, just work everything out um, and help them to love you more. So we just bless you and submit this podcast to you too. In Jesus' name. And dear Lord, just thank you for Mary Lauren. Thank you for her wisdom. And like I said, uh, help that any friendships that result from this podcast today or any um, or any actions that the, our listeners take, just let it all be honoring to you and let their friendships be honoring to you. And just please bless our readers, protect them physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and just guide them in their relationship with you and help them grow deeper in their faith. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow the Girl Mom Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a ratings or review so others can find these messages too. Also, my new book for moms called More Than a Mom, How Prioritizing Your Wellness Helps You and Your Family Thrive is now available everywhere books are sold. This book is for girl moms and boy moms and full of encouragement no matter what season of parenting you're in. Find the link to this book and my other books in the show notes. Thanks again for your support and have a great day.